Hey, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of 200 and Counting. I'm Tia. I hope you missed me. All right, so it's been kind of a while. I was sick. Um, you can kind of hear it. I've been busy. Um, my concept of time is skewed. Maybe it hasn't been a while. Who knows? Anyway, this episode's documentary is really just odd. It's um, it's called The Inventor, Out for Blood in Silicon Valley. It's HBO's newest doc that's got everybody messed up. And it's about Elizabeth Holmes, who was the CEO of this company called Theranos which was a scam. Big surprise. Like everything else apparently is these days. Good Lord. The company, it had to do with blood. Now I'll be honest, I hate blood. So when all of this was happening in real time, I think I somehow just like tune out all of the news coverage of it. And I first heard about her like way after the fact. I was like, wait, what happened? And it was in passing too. Like I was like, okay, it has to do with blood. All right, never mind. So when I watched this, I was like completely tuned out whenever they talked about the science of it. I think that's the reason I didn't follow this in the news in the first place. I'll be honest, it had to do with blood and science. And I was like, maybe this is just not me. I just rearranged the algorithm. So I did not hear about it. But the main thing was that she claimed that her and her company had these machines that could test your blood for like hundreds of different diseases, including like herpes, syphilis, um, what are some other big name diseases that aren't, you know, your typical diseases. But instead of going to the doctor to get this blood work done, you could just do it at home or like at a Walgreens, you know, the pinnacle of healthcare right there. But the thing is, the machines that she created, they just they literally just could not do that. The idea with the Edison was to stick the lab inside the box. She wanted Edison devices in every home in America. And so that was the scam, basically, that she told investors that she had this product and it literally just did not work. Classic. So to back up a little bit, we start off learning about Elizabeth Holmes as this like super smart girl or whatever. She went to Stanford or whatever. She dropped out of school because she was just so smart and talented and school was holding her back and like the talent and the passion. It was like, like a typical super smart. I created a startup and I like technology type of story. And I sound bitter, but it's really just that I wasn't good at science in school. So when things like this happen, I'm just like wildly indifferent. But that was her background. That was her story. She was like a super smart girl and she created this company. And so she was really inspirational to a lot of young women who were in that field, which sounds great. But she was a scammer. Anyway, while she was at Stanford, she filed her first patent for this idea that she had had. And she approached this professor with the idea. And I know like you should never let a professor tell you that your idea is bad and let that deter you. You should always follow your dreams. And usually school counselors don't know what the hell they're talking about when they try to tell you what you should do with your future. And I know this from experience, but this woman was literally like, girl, that's not how science works. Give it up. And if that is not foreshadowing, then I don't know what is. She wanted to incorporate microfluidics and nanotechnology into a patch where you could sample the blood and detect an infection and then at that point, deliver antibiotics through it. Well, you can't do that. It's impossible, physically. So Elizabeth goes to another professor with her idea. And for some reason, this guy's like, yeah, this woman's a genius. Let's quit. I'll advise your company. Let's do it. And the weird thing is that this man, like while he's being interviewed in the documentary, doesn't seem to show any regret for the decision he made. He's not like, ah, she turned out to be a liar. He's just like, oh yeah, I thought she was going to be the next Steve Jobs or something. Like clearly this man just wanted an in on this like super smart young person because he was trying to make that money, which, hey, scam the scammer, bro. Why not? And now over the course of the next few years, she drops out of Stanford. 
She gets millions of dollars, maybe billions of dollars from investors to start her company, Theranos. And they're like, she was always able to win them over with her charm. She had such a hold on them, which in itself was kind of a weird thing to say, but it was extra weird because I'm not trying to shame this woman, but like just looking at her and listening to her, the only hold she could have on someone to me is that like, it must be a type of hypnosis or fear, like listening to her talk. This is what happens when you work to change things. And first they think you're crazy, then they fight you. And then all of a sudden you change the world. And look, I don't know if that soundbite sounded strange to anybody else, but I took notes while I watched. And the first two things I had written down were, holy shit, when she opened her mouth in all caps, and she sounds like Grover from Sesame Street is holding back a burp. That's how her voice sounds. And I just want to say, I'm not trying to make fun of people who sound different or anything like that, but like... Her voice sounded strange and she is a strange woman. I think that we can just just say this. We can be honest. But there's tons of articles about how she supposedly changed her voice to sound like that on purpose, which just adds to a level of like, did anyone believe her? Like you guys didn't think that this was a little bit strange. Her and her families deny it. But her employees have said that she will like slip out of character or whatever at parties if she gets excited. And I was like, girl, uh, girl. Uh. At one point, she's like, oh, yeah, Yoda was always my favorite. I loved Yoda. And I'm like, we can tell because you sound like him. All right. So moving on from her voice, which, by the way, is never addressed in the doc. It's just something that's there to make you feel weird. And it's like, that's that on that. But they interviewed a lot of her old employees who described her as a very interesting person. She has a closet full of the same all black outfit that she wears every day. I was like, what is this a cartoon? And she's like a bit eccentric, which is fine, but she's also a scammer. So, you know, a little judgment there. This woman lives in an apartment. Basically, she called her apartment a mattress. The only thing in the refrigerator was bottled water. She ate all the meals at the office. She slept four hours a day. She worked in the office till midnight or thereabouts. Yes, do you date? No, I don't, I don't. I'm, I'm married to Theranos. That was, her, that's literally her words. So at this point, she's got tons of investors including the New England Patriots owner. Like, what a year that guy's having, first of all. Betsy DeVos, Rupert Murdoch, like all of these are signs, if you ask me, but like, whatever, totally different world, I guess, get your money. One of the major investors or like um, advisors to her was this much older man, and they casually brush over the fact that they had a romantic relationship. I was like, uh, okay. They were like, yep, they were involved in each other. I was like, what? And then they just like continue on with the story of the company. I was like, can we, can we go back to, can we go back to that? So Elizabeth Holmes is, I think she was like in her twenties during this. I don't know, but she was like relatively young and the way they interact with each other in public, it's like, it's so awkward. Like you just know that they're into some weird shit. I'm sorry to take it there, but you just know that they are. And maybe it's best they didn't go into it, but I kind of wanted to know, I'm gonna be honest. All right, so she's a weirdo. We've established this. Now for the scamming. I shouldn't say she's a weirdo. She's not even that weird compared to some of the subjects that we have encountered together in this little pod, but there's just something very, very off about her to the point where like, I was like, who falls for this? Like, if this woman approached me being like, hey, trust me with your blood, I'd be like, ma'am, she looks like a vampire. Like, of course it's some blood. Mm. So anyway, you remember how her professor was like, hey, boo, this isn't gonna work, so don't bother. And Elizabeth was like, okay, I'm gonna ignore you. There's one man, Ian Gibbons, he'd been helping the company out and then he flipped and was like, okay, none of this works. Like you have nothing to show for yourself. He was supposed to testify against them in court to say, you know, they're claiming to have things that they don't actually have. And he ended up killing himself over this because he was so worried about testifying and nervous about this case. 
and they were threatening people. Like they instilled fear into the lives of the people who worked with them, which is insane because they're supposed to be like changing lives and delivering health and helping people, but that's 100% not what they're doing. And her whole thing is that she does so much to try and convince people that her little machines do what she says that they do, that she doesn't spend any time trying to actually get the machines to do what she says that they do. And also, this is just completely off topic and not related to anything in the plot, but at one point, like, you can't touch this, starts playing, and she comes out and dances in front of her staff, and oh my god, I think the real crime was how offbeat she was. I was like yelling as I cringe watching her dance. Oh my God. I had to include that because I just, I could not get that out of my head. Anyway, Theranos makes this little commercial, like a promotional video to try to convince people to, you know, use their product and invest in them and blah, 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 blah. And this part really broke my heart. They enlisted Errol Morris, who is one of my favorite documentary filmmakers of all time. He's directed great, quirky documentary films like Tabloid, which is on my list. He's also directed Thin Blue Line, which is a classic doc. Highly recommend. Anyway, he fell for this. They have footage of him looking all happy and whatnot behind the scenes, shooting this dramatic promo video with her and some people who like use the Theranos machines. I was like, Errol, no, no. I mean, granted, I don't know this man. I just know his work. And uh, is his work sullied now because he shot this commercial? No, it's not. He's made great docs. What is wrong with modern medicine? People don't even know that they have a basic human right to be able to get access to information about themselves and their own bodies that can change their lives. The thing is, her idea for these machines that can test blood and everything, the company's running out of money. They literally cannot get these machines to do what they're supposed to be doing, like at all. It sounds like the entire thing is a literal mess. The machines are like these boxes and you, you're supposed to put the blood samples in and then they test and then they, you know, give you the results for what they're testing positive for, negative for, and that's just like not happening. Just like the physical machine is not working the way it's supposed to. At one point, someone says that there's like blood all spilling out on the inside. They got hepatitis floating in the air and whatnot. They're doing tests on random people who they're pulling off the street who need cash, taking their blood for this. And the machines aren't being cleaned properly. They're not maintained. They're not even working. They're also like mixing people's blood. Like just really sus. Like when you do a high school lab and they tell you like your lab rules right before you guys have to cut open a rat or whatever the project is. Even that is better hygiene than the things that they were doing in this lab. It would sometimes take six hours just to set up the system before we could even run the patient samples. I was like filling up containers, doing so many manual things with my, my hands. And the scary thing about the nanotainers was they could hop off your tray and they would be on the ground and you might not be able to spot them. And yet still, she gets this partnership with Walgreens, which was like, hey, you know, now mind you, they were running out of money at this point. So she partners with Walgreens and Walgreens pays them a few million. And they're like, okay, you guys can put your machines in our stores to use on actual customers, keeping in mind that the machines do not work. But she's just like, yeah, yeah, we're totally gonna do that. You know, I think this was like in Arizona or something. Poor Arizona. Nobody even talks about Arizona enough for them to deserve this. They were just down in the Southwest being hot as hell. They did not need for her to come in and bring her drama. Mm -mm -mm. And now, remember, she literally has nothing to show for herself. Like, the machines aren't where they need to be at this point. She's made all these promises and has nothing to show for it. 
And yet she's lobbying Arizona lawmakers to let people order their own blood tests without seeing a doctor. Even I know that that ain't right. They also had some promotion where they started selling gift cards for free blood tests. And I don't know what kind of dystopian underworld she's trying to create, but that is disturbing to me. But the crazy thing is because these machines didn't work, not only in terms of the mechanics, but it was also giving back inaccurate test results. One guy that worked for her said that they were testing people for syphilis and so many people actually had syphilis and they were like, oh no, you're fine. But the machine was wrong. And I was like, okay, you're ruining people's lives. You can't do that to people. It was one thing when she just took Betsy DeVos's money. Like, okay, but you can't be messing with people's health. Like, girl, girl, uh, if you know they don't work, don't bring them out to the public and tell people that they work if you know they don't. That's literally how people die. Another excerpt from the notes on my phone. Who's worse, her or Billy McFarland, LMAO? Her, because don't be messing with people's health. Anyway, the machines don't work. The one black woman who's in this whole thing, God bless her, she got brought in to teach Walgreens lab techs how to work with blood. And she said that after like this article came out that revealed that the machines don't work, she was like, let's just say I started revamping my resume. I was like, go ahead, little mama, get out of here. Don't let them drag you down. Do what you know you should have done a long time ago. And then knowing that these don't work, some of Elizabeth's former employees, bless their hearts, they came out to be like, listen, people, these don't work. This woman is crazy. This company's a scam. And of course, Theranos threatened them with legal action. They did all this stuff. But eventually, the whole thing came crashing down. And it did come out that this whole thing was a lie and that she was a scammer. To be honest, like, I don't think that she actually lied. I think you know, they did make a pretty good case at the end for like, she probably believed in what she was saying, but she just got so caught up in everything and so ahead of herself that it just didn't work. But also like, what? Like, how do, how does that happen? This is exactly like the Billy McFarlane situation, um, the fire Festival, but with health, which once again makes it worse because in science, you're supposed to know what you're doing. And it's really crazy to me that no like scientist or medical specialist came out to be like, hey guys, this doesn't really seem like it works. Like no one said anything. They just like let this happen. And then next thing you know, a bunch of people have botched test results. And then she ended up having to pay off millions in legal fees and back to those people in Arizona. I hope people are okay. That's all I can say. But if we're being honest, this documentary wasn't as in-depth as I hoped it would be. Like it literally ends there like, okay, we told the world she was lying. And then there's no real conclusion. Like I mean, I googled some stuff, but they didn't tell me in the film. I went in knowing literally nothing about this woman. Like all I knew was creepy corpse looking white woman and blood. And I left knowing slightly more than that, but I still had a ton of questions that were unanswered. Mainly, is she locked up? And I didn't even find the answer until I googled a lot and she's awaiting trial. So, you know, that probably means she'll get like six months in some fancy resort prison. That's cool. I think she got fined like $500,000, which I'm sure to her wasn't anything. So... All right. But there were so many details that they kind of just brushed over, like even her romance with the investor. They said it so briefly and then they never addressed it again towards the end. And I was like, wait, what? Anyway, um, like that also makes me wonder, did she sleep with the other investors, too? Like, is that implied? I would have liked to know more about her as a person and like what made her do this. You know, like what were her motivations behind this? Something like that. Not just about the science of how it works, because honestly, that was boring. Not to sound like a fool, but... I'm sorry, I, I want to hear about the scam. I do, you know, I do. Also, I'm a big fan of Alex Gibney's work. 
He directed this doc. He directed a documentary on Enron. He did the Going Clear Scientology documentary. Tons of great stuff. Um, I was extra excited because actually I used to intern at his production company, Jigsaw, for like a second. And my job was literally like find B-roll and watch the equipment on set and make sure nobody came up to touch it. But it was so cool. He wasn't the director on the project that I worked for, but like still, it was really cool. Anyway, I'm a big fan, but he does love the stock footage. And as we know, I'm not a big fan of the stock footage. Basically, what I'm trying to say is we did not need shots of people being stuck with needles. I know what that looks like and I don't need a visual to show me. It was like, you know, you go and you get your blood work done. And then there was like, you know, a visual of someone's like arm with a needle. I was like, I don't want to see that. I don't like blood. Maybe that's my fault for watching a blood documentary, but dang, like they showed it so much. I was like, guys, we get it. We get it. Also, towards the beginning, they kept making the comparison of her to Thomas Edison, but I think they got hung up on the Thomas Edison part for too long. So there were like a good like five to 10 minutes just about Edison, maybe not 10, but like it was long enough for me to be like, how does this relate to anything? What are they talking about? And the one good thing is that they did like divert into a little bit about how investors choose what to invest in. And like that helped give context around why someone would just throw money at this woman. So I was like, okay, go off with the historical B-roll and the economic context. I see you. But it still does not make sense to me why anyone would give her money and why they would trust her. But like, that's a personal issue. And I mean, overall, this was like a cool refresher about Theranos for someone like me who knew literally nothing. But even then, I felt like I could have learned more about her. Like, what is up with her? For real, like leaving this, like turning it off. I was just like, okay, that was weird. Like that woman was strange, but I didn't learn anything besides like she lied about some science. Like, like, did she know anything about science or did she just make it all up? Can we get an answer to that? And also not to go back to the voice thing, but I'm gonna go back to the voice thing. What is up with that? Can we get an interview from someone, like a linguist, someone addressing that? Because it just made me uncomfortable. And then I had to Google that too, because they never talked about her voice. And I was like, okay, okay. I was like, am I going crazy? Does anybody else think this is weird? I don't know. I don't know, man. Overall, I'd say that this documentary gets a solid three stars. It's current. It was like fine. It was interesting. Everyone's scamming these days. So I think it's natural that all of us want to talk about this. Everybody wants to watch this. After the Fire Festival doc, like this was the natural next step, you know, like, oh, another scammer. But I think maybe that's the problem that docs that are so current come out so quickly that I don't think we have enough time to actually settle and reflect on it and be like, wow, this thing was kind of weird. Like what? What was that? Like, let's lay out everything that was weird about it and then like poke holes and find out the answers. And what are the questions that really need to be answered here? And for me, that question is what the hell is up with her voice? Seriously, I don't know. It really weirded me out. All right. Thanks for listening to another episode. If you enjoyed this, if you want to see the list as it is so far, I think this was number 253 for me, something like that. So if you want to see my list and where it is now, just go to tortillachips.com slash the list. And I have a list of every documentary I've ever seen. Feel free to send me more recommendations for what I should do other episodes on. And I will see you in a few weeks. <laughs>